Real Bad is part of the Cage Club Podcast Network. If you want to explore more podcasts about movies and nostalgia, head over to cageclub.me and check out some of our friends. <laughs> Sail away on this friendship. I think I'm just going to start there. <laughs> it's been a rough day, guys. <clears throat> Sailing away on friendship. Oh, Infinity Wars coming out on Thursday. That makes me happy. Yeah, mm-hmm. good yeah. movie. There we go. Yeah, good movie. Potentially good. <laughs> I, it's, it's the Russo, Fair. so I'm I'm probably I'm probably gonna enjoy it at least. Yeah. Good, good, I don't good, think good. it will be bad. No, I, I don't think that Marvel is capable of pulling a, a Justice League. Oh, I see, hope not. see, this is okay. This is the rule, though. You can't get your expectations high, or else they will be crushed. This isn't high expectations. <laughs> I'm saying they're not going to create a cataclysmic, no, screw up their entire universe movie. And I think they've already made some mediocre ones, so the, the bar isn't always up here. And they're learning. Yeah. From so, them. yeah. Anyway, this is Real Bad, <laughs> the podcast where we talk about real bad movies and why they want to hurt us. Although today, I think it only hurt one of us, but we're going to find out. I'm Nick Jenkins, and today I'm joined by three friends, Matthew Gatos. Hello. Hello. Sarah Miesmer. Hello. Hello. And Sari Riley. Hello. Hello. And this week, we uh, I thought we were going to watch Highlander 2, but I couldn't read a calendar, so we instead switched over to the Emoji Movie because... It's the natural successor to Highlander 2. I guess, yeah. Basically. Highlander <laughs> 3. Basically the same prequel. movie, right? It's like, oh, yeah. A, yeah. It's like Highlander 1.5. That can only be one emotion. <laughs> it's so funny because none of you have seen Highlander 2. No. Or 3. <laughs> and you have no idea how wildly wrong you all are about this simile. Like... Highlander 2 and 3 are wild, man. <laughs> like, they're wild. So, But we watched the Emoji Movie, and we watched it because it has a terrible Rotten Tomato score. 8%. It has an 8%. And at 8%, first of all, this uh, Sari and I were talking about this, that the way Rotten Tomatoes, the way the aggregate works is misleading, I think, mm-hmm. to a lot of people, in that they it makes you think that it is, like, valued at 8% by everyone. Like as it opposed- comes across as like a grade. Yes. Because we look at a lot of like the movies that are doing well in theaters and you look and you see like, oh, it's got a 98%. That's like an A. Yes. And that's how we look at the scores on Rotten Tomatoes. And I'd say the majority of movies that kind of tracks, like when you see like a Generally, mediocre movie, yeah. it'll get like a 60 to a 70% kind of thing. And you're like, okay, that makes sense. But in this case, the 8% is saying almost everyone disliked this movie. Exactly. And it's it's coming it it the, the word abysmal <laughs> comes to mind when you think of 8%. Like I think of Manos the Hands of Fate. I think Yeah, of, for reference Manos has a 7% right. on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, man. This is a vastly better film than Manos. I mean there's no question about that to me. This as is, far as filmmaking goes. Okay. Like, was the audio recorded well? <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. I, it's just when we get into like talking about better or worse movies, I think it's it's a hazy, it's a hazy opinion land. I yeah. think your I think your experience can definitely be hazy. How much you liked it and how how good of a time you had and how much it gave you. But I think objectively, the Emoji Movie is a better produced film than Manos: The Hands of Fate. In terms of everything's in focus, in terms of the sound recording is good, in terms of the voice actors are all decent to better than decent, 
maybe miscast. We'll talk about that. But like, <laughs> I mean, like there's nothing about the, the problem with this movie. The problems with these movies are not in terms of like. It's not production quality. It's not production quality. It's not artistry even like the CG stuff was fine. I'm getting a lot of blank stares because I don't <laughs> think people agree with me. So let's I agree with you. Yes. But yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, if those are what make a movie good. Then... I, I think they make a movie watchable. For me, Manos is an unwatchable film. And Emoji Movie, while I did not enjoy it, was at least watchable in those regards because I'm not having to go through the filters of my brain clicking into, okay, this is bad audio, you'll get used to it. Okay, this is bad video, you'll get used to it. Okay, this is shot really weird, not a focus, you'll get used to it. Like, those there are no things, barriers no. for experiencing the movie. Which is, I think appropriate since it is a modern kids animated movie like they are not going to release a film with that many barriers to enjoyment well especially sony isn't yeah like it's not an independently financed uh there is a there's a a, an independently financed animated film that i i enjoy but it is not great called howard lovecraft and the frozen kingdom uh, and it's a weird movie, but it was, you know, made by a guy who cast his son in the lead for voice acting. And it tracks a, a child, Howard Lovecraft, um, going to Riley, Relay, wherever. I think it's Relay um, and meeting up with Cthulhu and all kinds of weird adventures. It doesn't look great. It's got a lot of problems. And I think that for many people would be a barrier. Yeah, I have getting at some, into it. I have not seen that movie, but I looked at some screen grabs after we were talking about it. and I was like, yeah. That looks rough. Right. Like, I think we're we're in an age where most animated movies look as good as Pixar movies, no matter what studio is producing them. And I don't think the Emoji movie looked as good as a Pixar movie. No, I, I think, <laughs> yes, I, I, I agree. But I think, like, to children and the main audience for these movies, those look, those look the same. I think sure. the Howard Lovecraft one looks noticeably cheaper and different. And I think, like, sure. the point like, that we're trying to get at here is just that, like, <laughs> The 8% and the 7%. The fact that Emoji Movie and Manos are only 1% separated on Rotten Tomatoes and there is such vastly different levels of production quality and I feel like it does give Emoji Movie a certain level of passing. Well, and I think that's why it... The point I wanted to make about Rotten Tomatoes is that it's just simply an aggregate of pass-fail. This many people thought it passed, this many people thought it failed, and that's where you get your percentage as opposed to I'm rating this down at an F and this critic is rating it down at an F and that's dragging it down. I think the way Rotten Tomatoes works is just basically like liked it, didn't like it. And then yeah. you add that percentage up. Right. So in like theoretically, like only 8%, like that's the way this works is like, it's not even theoretical. 8% yeah. of the people who reviewed this movie said like, basically it's a good movie. Go watch it. Yes. And the other 92% said, no, it's bad. Don't go watch it. And that's the, that's the way Rotten Tomatoes works. And if I'm wrong about that, please let me know on Twitter. <laughs> at RealBadPod. Calmly and nicely. <laughs> nicely. You, you know what? Everybody I've had an interaction with on Twitter so far, because we have a fairly small audience right now, has been very sweet. So thank you. Even mm -hmm. when we fuck up. So <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, but before we get really into the mud of uh, the Emoji movie... We need to have a 60 second plot dump and that's got to be Sari because she told me she wasn't prepared. <laughs> <laughs> you, you made a critical error. <laughs> yeah. 
I should have just, I should have learned from Catwoman. Here. I was so prepared. I'll just pass my computer over to you <laughs> yeah. with my half a page of notes. It's okay. I pulled up Wikipedia so I can get the names, but Perfect. I will not use it. Oh my God. I, I don't even have those in mind. I don't have the names. Yeah. I couldn't come up with a name. Meh. I called that's him not Meh. His, that's yeah. not his that's name, not his though. name. It's Guess like, what it is. Gene. Yeah. I thought it was Glenn. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Starts with a G. Yeah. Yep. So, okay. Are you ready to start this? Mm-hmm. All right. 60 second plot breakdown of the Emoji Movie in three, two, one. This all takes place in the phone of a kid named Alex who has a crush on a girl named Addie. And he tries to send her an emoji in a text. Uh, and that emoji is Jean, the meh emoji, who is our protagonist. And the way emojis work is that they like stand in a box and get scanned and then their face gets sent to the phone. And he's very bad at it because he experiences all the emotions. He's a special snowflake. Um, and then he gets in trouble with his boss, who's this extra smiley emoji, um, and gets chased by antivirus bots. He bands up with the high five emoji as his comedic. Ooh. Uh, he bands up with his, uh, the high five emoji, which is his sidekick, and goes and finds a hacker named Jailbreak in a piracy app. Uh, they go through apps like Candy Crush and Just Dance, and their goal is to get to Dropbox so they can upload themselves to the cloud and be free. Uh, and then he like makes his way back to Textopolis and learns that he's good as he is. <laughs> okay. Very good. That was good. You even had like a little bit of a, a hurdle there with that phone call. Yeah. <laughs> My brother in. called and interrupted you, even though mm -hmm. he knows when we record this. <laughs> At first I was like, wait, the timer's already going off. What happened? And now I have to seconds. leave that in. Yeah. I can't edit it out. No. Because yeah. like that's too cool that you survived that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. The emoji movie. Um Sarah, I would like to start with you because I think you might have had the most emotions about this movie. Yeah, probably. I, I don't know. I think it's... Uh... I think it's bad for society. <laughs> sort of movie. Wow. Wow, that's really um, putting it up there. Okay. I don't know. Just like, it's just... It's an advertisement for kids to get phones. They all have phones. Yeah, but they don't have to, you know? But they already do. I think that's the problem. Well, I think the thing is it's also an advertisement for them to get more phones. Like, let's trade in the phone. Get a new phone. Yeah. It's just a – it's like an hour and a half advertisement for phones and Dropbox and Spotify. But not Facebook because kids don't like the Facebook. Mm. Yeah, even – like, it's weird that, like, they get to talk smack about Facebook. But, like, Facebook had to have agreed to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, like, Facebook knew what they are getting into, but it's still, like, let's – make fun of people who use Facebook because all they do is talk about themselves. But then when they go into Instagram, it's like this magical, wonderful... It is a magical world. Yeah. It's like this, <laughs> look at the memories. They're almost yes. three dimensions. Yeah, we can walk through this kid's memories. This beautiful fountain. It's oh, like... Always have Paris. Look, so it felt very, I don't know, overtly, overtly like an ad to you. Yeah, so it felt like an ad marketed... You know, towards children. There was was there anything about it <laughs> that you liked? No. Okay. <laughs> Good. I'm gonna move on to Sari now. Mm -hmm. Sari, what was your experience with this film? I went into it not knowing anything about it and expecting it to be bad because of the Rotten Tomatoes rating. Overall, I felt like very shrug about everything that happened in it. You felt very meh. Meh. Yeah, I was trying. I, I was leaving the joke for Matt because oh. <laughs> he made it. That's no. true. Yeah, I figure there's gonna be like 
a hundred times throughout this podcast that we're like accidentally Meh. gonna say Meh, it was all right yeah <laughs> okay. um i thought that the idea like the the plot line of being an individual and accepting yourself seems like a very standard kids movie trope so it didn't bother me in that same way um and I guess the way in which they use different apps and like all the branding felt heavy handed to me, but it was something that I could shrug off. And I feel like maybe this is a reductive viewpoint or something, but kids are already inundated with all this media already uh, and like plenty more advertisements than this uh, that this is just a reflection of their experience of the world anyway in like with all the technology and with all the apps and with the like let's have a goofy just dance scene because this is a (laughs) thing that they've heard of before and what irked me more was that they didn't get it quite right because like (laughs) i've never seen a just dance phone app maybe it's because i'm an old uh but that's but if anything you're the young here yeah (laughs) but like the whole gonna say what does that make me yeah don't ask those questions yeah Yeah. (laughs) but like the premise of that app is that you dance with like a connect or something yeah why are you playing it on your phone i don't know yeah i I also had that same i even looked up mid-movie to see if there was and there's like a kind of Just Dance app, but it's not anywhere near like the kind of thing they show in the movie. And I'm like, oh, okay, so you got a brand to agree to do this, mm-hmm. and you didn't know how to translate that at all. That's what it felt like. It's like we have all these brand sponsorships, whatever, and are now going to throw them in in some way, and it just felt very loosely bound together. That's a question I have. I have. Uh, was it? Was it? These brands came together and were like, can you make us a movie that is an advertisement? Or was somebody like, we want to make money. How do we do it? We'll make an advertisement. Well, I mean, it's Sony. And that has been their M.O. for way too long with their properties. Um, That's like that was the big criticism of The Amazing Spider-Man was that this is an ad for other movies. It isn't a Spider-Man movie. It's an ad to set up these other movies and this franchise that we want to set up. And in doing that, they cut out the heart of the movie and it just became an ad. And it's one of the hiccups with being Sony and also being a movie production company is that they fall into that thing where it's like, well, it's a movie, but it's also an ad for everything. So I don't know where that stops and starts. With them, I don't know how many of the apps in here went to them. Like you're making an emoji movie, there's going to be cell phone stuff in there. So we want, you know, we want mm-hmm. this to be a big thing for Dropbox. Mm-hmm. I hope Dropbox paid a lot of money because, wow, yeah, <laughs> the amount of times in this movie you hear "We have to get to Dropbox" <laughs> is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Wow, the IMDb rating, which is not an ag- an aggregate, it's a Average. It's an average of people's ratings. Yeah. Is a three point one <laughs> out of ten. <laughs> out of ten. Yeah. Yeesh. Yeah, that's pretty low. Yeah. That's pretty low. Um. Yeah. I feel like that's probably big companies doing business both ways. I feel like that's a thing of like they probably reach out to Facebook and say, "Hey, Facebook, do you want to be a part of this?" And then Instagram gets lumped into that, and then Dropbox is like, "Oh, you have a cloud-based thing. We'd love to be that cloud-based thing." And I feel like it's just conversations that happen both ways until they, one of them pays and the other one a lot of money. Because <laughs> that's the way big corporate businesses work. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I do feel like that 
kind of it doesn't necessarily because I think I, I agree with Sari with that like it's a reflection of the world that kids are already accustomed to for better or worse um, and so it's not surprising to me that this is what that movie was uh, and it's not necessarily I don't think it's any worse than their day to day life if they already have a cell phone <laughs> like I think uh, if anything because some of this stuff is kind of has to be tamer than the real world because it's in a kid's movie. Like, it's the safer version of what they're actually experiencing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, for me, it, it that is not part of the reason I disliked this movie. Like, I got it. I've seen enough, uh, like, modern 3D animation to see soulless movies, and this kind of just fit in with most of those. Like, I think looking at the list here of, like, Sony animated movies, I think the only one that I have seen and I could say I enjoyed was Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. And they've made a bunch of other ones that I feel like I look at and have the same reaction as I did to the original like Emoji movie trailer where I was like, that nothing about that looks appealing to me. <laughs> so I think that's the, that's the, the mindset I went into seeing this, watching this movie with was just that like, I don't think this is for me at all. I don't know that I'm going to get anything out of this, and I was right. I just don't think that the world needs more reflections of, you know, kids on cell phones. Unless oh, yeah. we're I don't gonna think this movie critical. needed to be made or needed to be an accurate reflection, but I think that's what it is. Yeah, like, and I don't, I don't argue with you for that, but uh, I, I just, uh, I also find that bad <laughs> like I, I i don't i don't i don't know i guess it just bothers me i think that's fair it's interesting to me because i i and i talked to a couple people about this this film i i don't watch a lot of animated films like i love the incredibles right and that's about it like i have high respect for pixar and what they do um, I have high respect for old hand-drawn animated stuff. I shouldn't say old because there's still hand-drawn animated stuff that's really good. But very few are. Is there? I'm not saying they're not good. I'm saying there's very little hand-drawn animation. Oh yeah, I know. I think yeah. Studio Ghibli still does a hand-drawn. That's probably the one. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm just saying the stuff yes. that's out. It's, yes. I shouldn't say it's just old. Yeah. Um, it's still done and it's still uh, really cool when it's done uh, and impressive, especially if you know anything about filmmaking. Good God. Yeah. Um, that's hard work, but. The funny thing is to me is I came out of this going, well, that was harmless. Hmm. But the more you talk about it, the more I'm kind of like, oh, I can see your point there. That is that could be I don't know about harmful, but it is not. It's definitely not helpful. Yeah. So interesting. And I don't know where to go with that. I'll probably have more thoughts about it as we talk about it. But. My thing was mainly, this is a movie that I would, it reminds me of something like Hotel Transylvania. Also made by Sony. Yeah, it's it's a, it's sort of a, every word I'm thinking of doesn't exactly say what I'm trying to say, but it's gutless. There's nothing there. It's just soulless. Soulless, I guess, is a better way to put it. And I mean, like the idea of Hotel Transylvania, I love like when the premise in the first five minutes of that movie, I'm like, oh, I'm on board for this. And then the rest of the movie happens. And I'm like, there's nothing here there. It's pretty. It's got pretty colors. And the animation is good to better than good. And there's maybe one or two jokes that actually fire. And that was how I felt about the Emoji movie is uh, it's like. 
there the I'm, I was on board for the premise of being inside a phone and having to deal with it and for them to have to convince the kid to not delete their entire society. I was like, okay, this is cool. I'm totally on board for anthropomorphizing things. So do that. That's great. And then the rest of the movie happened. <laughs> and and it was just it, it was just sort of nothing. And the amount of work that I know goes into these and the amount of money that's spent on films like this, especially at that level, just in acting talent alone, is I mean, it's just mind blowing that you would not put a better foot forward with this. And I think even TJ Miller said this was the um, the fastest animated film that's ever been made. Like the, the, the yeah. production time was the shortest. And it feels that way. Like it feels like this needed another draft of the script. Like the, needed many more drafts. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. at least, at <laughs> least it also, one. It felt like it needed like punching up yeah. too. Like it needed what a lot of these like big movies do like a lot especially a lot of like the non like Pixar ones like the Sony's the DreamWorks uh, Illumination all those they bring in like Patton Oswalt types to come in read a script and do a pass adding in like 30% more jokes and getting better jokes and more frequent jokes and this feels like they didn't do that this felt like a first draft of most of these things even the jokes that do land some of them are like Okay, I'm gonna laugh at that once. Well, and the, the <laughs> like the the one that I laughed the hardest at was during the dance, or not during it, but after the dance revolution bit, the whole app gets sucked into the trash, right? And so the host of dance revolution is that is that what it's called or dance dance just revolution? dance just dance just dance okay uh, I'm an old. Um, <laughs> They, uh, Sarah's that's, just nodding. That's the catchphrase of this podcast. I'm nodding. Like everyone has to say that at least once. Like we don't know what we're talking yeah. about because we're old. What's an emoji? Yeah. What's an emoji, kids? I believe it's pronounced emoji. <laughs> emoji. Emoji. Um, but it all gets sucked into the trash, which on one level I was like, oh, that's interesting. Okay. And, and then the host of Just Dance is down there and she's like having PTSD. Like she's freaked Freaking out and out. she's just doing the Macarena. And I laughed at that. I'm thinking, well, that's funny. But then when I think about it, I'm like, well, that doesn't really fit in with the rest of the movie. There were some weirdly dark parts in this movie that were, I don't know. I'm so, I'm also an old and I'm very cantankerous and like crotchety. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, no, the kids, you gotta be the moral, you know, moral ills. (laughs) But yeah, so some of that stuff, I was like, I was like, oh, why is that? Why are they being like cool with this kid having this piracy app? What is he? do what is the what is where are we going yeah they allude to the teenage boy having porn on his phone Mm -hmm. at one point well i guess that's what they're doing because i think that was pretty obvious but this is the thing though none of that it's like they're (sighs) (laughs) this is my big problem with this film but beyond it being just meh beyond that being (laughs) the the major arc of it is that nothing seemed to fit with anything else like somebody had a good idea, the joke about their okay, give me a chance. <laughs> let me let me let me give you my spiel before right. you shoot somebody it down. Somebody somewhere in the world once had a good idea. <laughs> it wasn't this one. <laughs> <laughs> That's not our story. <laughs> um, the idea for ha- going to find well, the idea for having the the um, the f- the fake app to mask the piracy stuff yeah i guess 
the joke is, well, what, you know, when uh, Gene, is that his name? When Gene says, well, what would a a 13 year old kid want to hide from his parents? And then there's the blank stare from James Corden's hand. Yeah. I believe all of us went. Well, porn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It was like, like a wink. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, they, they have to go to the piracy app to find the hacker, which, you know, we all have that piracy app on our phone. <laughs> <You know>? um, <laughs> and it's skinned as like some other like email like dictionary or, or dictionary, or some yeah. sort of app. So it looks like a different app. So his parents won't know where his porn is hiding. But there's no porn. They're, they they can go into it's like it's about like piracy and yeah. internet trolls. Internet, internet trolls, trolls are there. there? Yeah. Like what? Trojan horse virus things. Mm-hmm. And Is he spam a, mail? If you put this into a modern espionage thriller, I would not believe that. <laughs> like, I would not believe there was this app on the phone that somebody was hiding with another app. It may be true. That exists. I'm that, sure it does. That does exist. I'm sure it does. But like, I'm still looking at this and going, why does a 13-year-old kid in a kid's movie have this? Yeah, well, I feel like they were they were like, we'll just put this wink here. But then they didn't, like, it's like no one in that writer's room, like, like thought to think the step after that. Exactly. That's, yes. yeah, that's my thing. Like, well, okay, but then what? Yeah. Is what's missing from everything that, that happens in here. And they end up just sort of forgetting about it. Like, Matt, you brought up the point about the trash. So for me, one of the biggest things in this movie that, is not intended to be a big point of the film, it just landed with me, is that James Corden's character, who is a high-five emoji, has a Band-Aid on his finger. Mm -hmm. And I was waiting and waiting for that to become a plot point. (laughs) Because I was waiting for the reveal of like, oh, what happened to you, high-five? And him being like, oh, well, one time this happened. Oh, sorry, high-five. And like, I thought, I thought, that's that's my first pass. Not as good as theirs. Uh, But I thought, like, I don't know. I thought something was going to come up. With that, it seemed like a plot device. And the one moment where they could have easily brought it into play is that when James Corden's High Five uh, is in the also great band name, James Corden's High Five, um, (laughs) is in the trash, they go to rescue him. Or his first album. James Corden's High Five. High Five. James Corden and the High Fives. (laughs) There's so many directions. James. Um, (laughs) We can help you. um, But they go to rescue him uh, from the trash and... It seems like they're setting up for like this big perilous like challenge in the movie of like, oh no, we could easily go to the end of the movie right there. All our problems will be solved, but our friend is in the trash. We have to go save him. And so they go off to the trash and they find him in a hole and they rappel down and they grab him by his finger that has the Band-Aid on it. And they're pulling him up by the Band-Aid finger. And I'm waiting for that moment for the Band-Aid to slip off and him falling into the trash. And now they have to find another way to rescue him. But that doesn't happen. They just easily take him out of the hole. And that plot point didn't really matter at all. Yeah. Well, you see, you know why that happened, Matt? No. It's because the trash is not paying Sony. <laughs> <laughs> You just if blew it, my mind, Sarah Miesmer. Yeah. There's no, it's, if it was like Google trash, yeah. <laughs> we would have spent more time in there and talked about how great it is and how it doesn't let in viruses. Mm-hmm. But still like that stupid firewall thing too. It felt like it was a bunch of writers who were creating really contrived situations, but they've never right. interacted with a phone before or they've never mm-hmm. talked to kids before. And nothing worked quite the way it works in real life. Like yeah. they alluded to Instagram albums. Yeah. Like they're like, oh, we were in his vacation album on Instagram. And it's like Instagram yeah. doesn't have 
album. Yeah, though. firewalls don't have like a password that yeah. just like lowers. I guess it's like equivalent to logging into his Dropbox, but it's not like, oh, I'm going to put an Addy and then everything is going to. Also, like, can we talk about that? His password yeah. just being the name of the girl he likes. Yes. Yeah. It was so. That's so bad. So bad. <laughs> Not only as a password, but as a plot device. Yeah. <laughs> that like, uh, I was talking about this while watching it of like, at least have it be like, I love Addy 235 or something like that. Yeah. Like, no one's password is just a single name spelled the way it normally is spelled. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, if it is and you're listening to this, go change it right now. Yeah, yeah. please do that because... <laughs> Whoa. If you're going to get a but, message out of the emoji movie, it's also, change your passwords. I'm also yeah. confused. Now, here's another part where I laughed. Like, I enjoy, I enjoyed the part where he kept getting blown up. Like, I, I thought that was funny, especially when he jumps away and is like, ha ha, but then it finds him yeah. and blows him up anyway. I thought that was an okay plot device, too, because they allude to the fact of something that is kind of based in reality of, like, a lot of things when you try a password too many times, it locks you out forever or for right. a certain amount of time. And so the... The thing is that the hacker tried to get through the firewall, guessed the wrong password, and so she's banned. The meh emoji can pretend to be so many different faces that he gets a try for every face he can pretend to be. I finally just put that together. Oh, yeah, that's why. I didn't understand why he was getting. That's why the biggest part of this movie that doesn't make any sense to me is the romance, which between the hacker and meh, because throughout the entire movie, she is just using him. Mm-hmm. Like she at first I was like, oh, she's impressed by his mediocre skills. That's really strange. But then it's her realizing, oh, I can use him for my own gain, which is fine and great until she forgets all of that and doesn't care about herself anymore. I was so ready for her to just leave him in Dropbox. They had that conversation. Yeah. And I was like, girl, go. Yeah. <laughs> be he's, free. He's, he like <laughs> changes his whole life thing. He's like, I'm going to stay here with you. I can be whatever I want here. Uh-huh. And she's like, whoa. I'm not a princess waiting for a prince. You mm-hmm. can go. And, and I was like, yeah. Yeah. I was like, that's cool. And I like, I turned to Devin while watching it and I was like, how long until yeah, they undo yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. And it was like literally 30 <laughs> seconds. And uh-huh. she's like, Gene's oh, in trouble. I have to go save him. And I'm like, no. no. <laughs> but you could have done that in a way that it's like, she doesn't want him to die. Right. You know, so she's like, she could go help him, but still have her thing that no, she wants to do. No, it's like she do. has that moment of like, but I do want to be with him. Yeah. Yeah. But it could Oh. Yeah. <laughs> my my very cynical take on this is that they added this in like this really shallow and uh uh insincere feminism oh, part to to uh, to try and be more appealing to parents so that they could get more eyes on the the names of the apps. Which is so <laughs> disgusting yeah. to me. I don't think the filmmakers care about the apps. I don't think the director. Well, I think the producer cares about the apps. I think the whole movie cares about like the whole movie's point is the apps. I think the apps are a necessary evil to get this movie made. Who was like, Okay, I disagree with you. I don't know. I could be wrong. But I I don't think the director of this film gives a shit about Spotify. Well, I actually know he doesn't give any shits about emojis. Yeah, he also said that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he, he's doing this for the money. He is not like he is not like this is my artistic vision that I'm bringing to life. The emoji movie, my whole life has been. Actually, though, it is. He talked about how like, and I I'm not saying he achieved this, but he he talks in interviews about how like he was inspired by Toy Story and was like, what is the toy of the 21st century? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you would say that if Sony is paying <laughs> you a bunch of money to go direct this yeah. piece of shit movie. Like, like n- not everyone is Josh Trank. 
Who, I don't know who Josh Trank Josh is. Trank directed Fantastic Four, Fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's the one that when things started going to shit, he was just just tweeting and like, I had a great version of this. And now what Fox is going to do is shit and just crap. And now he can't get work because, you know, because other filmmakers, when they're getting paid, they, they it's not just the artistic thing of making the movie. It's also like you need to follow directions and you need to go through the whole process and be done with it. And then years later, you can say, yeah, I did that for the money. And I, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. So right now, yeah, he is going to say, yeah, I was inspired by Toy Story and the toy of now is this. It's impossible to know what he really feels, except that he says he doesn't take emojis seriously. Yeah. And they said like the rushed production schedule was because they were afraid by the time the movie came out, emojis would be outdated. Like they know that this movie is the most like of its time piece of media that like uh, like when you when you watch a movie now and even if it has like a 2007 model iPhone, you're like, look at that outdated thing. And it's Mm -hmm. like, that's not that long ago. But we look at technology now and like it advances so quickly that like Dropbox is a weird poll. A lot of people use Dropbox. As far as I know, 12, 13-year-olds aren't using Dropbox that much. And, like... But they're going to grow up. Well, that... This is, like, the interesting thing to me about this movie is, like, it was already disconnected from the audience it was trying to appeal to, like, the 12 and 13-year-olds. They don't text. I have a cousin who's in junior high, I guess. She is afraid of texting because that feels too permanent it's to Snapchat her. It's Snapchat, yeah. Which I was waiting. Really? Yeah. Snapchat is in this too. movie. Like, the icon is there, and mm-hmm. they never go to it. Yeah. But it's there. But, yeah, I also, like, they use, like, lots of people use, like, WhatsApp and mm-hmm. those kinds of... I mean, like, WhatsApp is still a texting. Well, yes, but it's, like, a pr- more private, private texting. texting thing. Texting um, is for family only. It's, like... Yeah. Yeah. No, it it blew my mind, too. And I was so glad that she was able to talk to me and old. Thank you, Bryn. You're never going to listen to this podcast. Do you get to follow her Finsta? Uh, I get to follow her public Instagram. I don't get to follow her private one. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I'm not like at the friend level to get to see her private one. But yeah, it's Most it's teens, amazing. Nick, have two Instagrams, yes. one for family, one for their friends. Mm-hmm. Look, I have <laughs> my Instagram set up to send pictures to Twitter and Facebook, so I only have to log into one goddamn hmm. thing. No, there. Oh, no, you got to get on teen level. Uh, yeah. 80 apps. No. You got to have like layers upon layers of privacy so that you can, I think it's, this is fascinating, and I will talk for hours and hours about internet <laughs> culture, but I think it's a reaction to like seeing millennial generation having records on Facebook going back to middle school and being like, oh man, that's embarrassing. Uh, And they're so, and hearing all the discussion around, oh yeah, I posted this this one time and then people dug up receipts and now I'm really embarrassed by it. Or like my old self was really shitty and I have to deal with the consequences of that. They want to, in my impression and from talking with my cousin for a couple hours, (laughs) want to avoid that as much as possible. So everything is private. Everything is ephemeral. Good for them. As much as possible. They learned. I went to, uh, when I went down to NAB show, I went to a... Thank you, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I went to a session where that was talking about Gen Z market research. And they they, they also... 
uh, that corroborates your cousin's uh, <laughs> story too, because yeah. they were they were making a point of that. So NAB is the National Association of Broadcasters. It's a big show where they debut a lot of equipment. Um, except where you content did... comes to life. Says <laughs> the website. <laughs> yeah. Except you didn't get to see that because the tickets we purchased were for the wrong days. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got to go see some panels. Yeah, I got which... to learn about Gen Z. Cool. <laughs> and how it's they like to be. Right? They like to be private, and they. Um, are more international and they... These are both good things, in <laughs> my opinion. I like this. Yeah, I but think as a parent, it would be terrifying. They're less yeah. interested <sighs> in uh, like traditional like college, hmm. apparently. They want to get like their skills so they don't... Because, yeah, because the reaction to the millennial They're like, you guys have so much student debt. debt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, also, I think that's smart. Yeah. Like... I don't, I still think an education is a wonderful investment. I think you can spend too much and get yourself into a bad position. And I understand that. But like, I think the ability of that generation to be able to look up and go, well, that's not good. Let's adjust. It was also like it was also like millennials are are screwed because we grew up in a in a world that was not like this and then we had to adapt and now we're all sad. I mean <laughs> that was the was the, the thesis of millennials at that Good night everybody. <laughs> yeah. I think like I think Sari, like you tapped into a bigger point too of like with like the texting thing with like mm-hmm. it didn't the kid part of this movie, the real life part of this movie outside the phone did not feel real to me at all. Yes. Well, we also didn't spend enough time with them. No, I didn't give a shit about that kid. Every time we um, went back to them, I was like, is that our main character? That <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I did like the one superficial thing that I liked about this movie was that it was an interracial like crush thing going on. I yes. was like, look at that Asian girl. Like, go get him. Yeah. Uh, no, be I, that popular yeah. kid. But other than that, did not, not care having, about the humans like, at all. A white male like main character yeah. was like a good choice. Good job, Sony. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I assume that the yellow is just like a proxy for whiteness. No, not the emoji. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, but no, no. That, he wasn't the main character. The no, emoji I'm saying was the, the main human. Character. Okay, yeah. sorry. Uh, I'm saying I'm like argumentative. The, the human lead. Um, it's okay. That's what this movie did to you. It's made <laughs> but, you argumentative yeah. about it. It's a day. It's a day for me. <laughs> Shall we talk uh, about cat piss? <laughs> <laughs> no, especially not it's be in this so podcast. Out of context. <laughs> <laughs> just leave that in and then <laughs> jump oh, yeah. to the next thing. That's just every time we're trying to have a conversation, Nick's just like, "Want to talk about cat piss?" Yeah. And it's always no, Nick. <laughs> You guys just don't know. It's the best conversation I'm ever. I'm good with not knowing about cat piss. Is there a cat wondering. piss emoji? No. <laughs> oh, I bet there is. <laughs> but we'll I, make okay. it's cat and then the three water droplets. Yep, yeah, that's it. Yeah. But they actually did make again, like with like, uh, like the choices as far as the emojis go. Like I was also impressed though that like not every emoji that was like skin tone was white skin tone. Like they were like mm-hmm. talking to nose emoji and it wasn't a white skin tone. I'm just like, okay, good choices in the most minute details of this movie. Yep. Overall, you guys messed up. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm still cynical about it. I still feel like they're like, what is the broadest? I mean, I guess maybe they're marketing to the parents. Maybe yeah. that is what's happening. I'm not nearly as cynical as you, apparently. Because <laughs> I look at that, I'm like, good job. Like, I don't think it's, a, I certainly think it's a good thing that that this is becoming the 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 acceptable safe thing to do in kids media. I think that's great. 
I just, I don't think it's great, you know, to use that in order to sell more phones. I just, it's weird because as far as I can tell, they didn't have a specific phone. I know, I know. No. So well, because then it would also, but, they would restrict them in too many ways to what they could put on his phone, I think. Well, I guess it's also because Sony doesn't have a phone. Well, also, I mean, like, we all know that app trash section on our phone that we always check and delete all the time. You know. Like, there's just parts of this that, like, don't exist. It's just, and, it's my biggest frustration with it is the non sequiturs, that it it doesn't feel like they knew what kids were doing. I shouldn't write this movie because I don't know what kids are doing. This would be stupid for me to write this movie. Yeah. So there's that. Then there's like the randomness of like, well, we want to do this because it's fun or funny, but it doesn't actually relate to like the like the Just Dance app. There isn't one. You, that's something you do on like a console, right? Yeah. I, yeah. yeah but you so. can still sell, you know, you can still sell Just Dance with. Yeah. I know, but like, I feel like they probably had 50 ideas for apps they could go through and probably pitched to a lot of those apps of like, hey, Spotify, if you agree to be part of our movie, we're going to sail through streams like water that are songs. Hey, Snapchat, like moment. if you <laughs> like, but like, I feel like those are like, they probably had a pitch for each app that they went after and was like, this is what we're going to go into your app and this is what we're going to do. Let's whittle that list down from 50 to five. Mm-hmm. I and, like that idea that they just like had this big binder of like, what oh, could we do with this app? And yeah. then just like wrote them well, all I'm sure like they pitched. went to other apps that said no yeah. and probably had an idea and like, Twitter's like, no, nah, we don't really want you to dive into our app. You can ride our bird, though. Mm-hmm. And that was fine. Yeah, but Cr- Candy Crush was like, hell yeah. You yeah. Can be my Candy <laughs> Do whatever you want. Do <laughs> like a whole action sequence and just out of it. like, someone cares about us yeah. again. <laughs> Put us in that. Do you have an app? No. <laughs> 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 we'll make one. <laughs> that was another moment I liked, though, in the, the Candy Crush sequence where he explodes. And it's a night. It's a oh. it's a vision. And he's like, no, I'm sure I'll be fine. You know, I like yeah. I was fine with that. So there are moments here that it's like that were in and of themselves were clever, but they didn't fit into the larger thing that they were trying to do because it didn't feel like there was a larger thing that they were trying to do. They were just trying to make as no. as you said when we were talking about before you'd seen it, you were like the thing you don't like is when you watch a trailer and all it is, it's an animated film and it's just reference, 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 main character singing a popular song. Yes, and that is my biggest. And I think this is a very personal thing. A lot of people like uh, Sony animated movies and DreamWorks and Illumination Studio stuff. Like, I totally am not trying to degrade those things. For me personally, the reason I like Pixar and Disney movies is because they do not rely on the same trope that I feel like almost every one of these other studios does, where no matter like what your movie's about, there's gonna be a scene when your characters break out to sing the latest Pharrell song, or they're gonna sing the latest, like, whatever. Like, there's gonna be a scene where that song's gonna be in there. Like, the Smurfs movies have Justin Timberlake songs, and it's like... Oh, I forgot about those. Yeah, and that also Sony. Um, oh my but God. Yeah, but it's just that thing of, like, that bugs me a lot in movies, because I think that's where I get on your side, Sarah, where, to me, that is just an excuse to like tap into, hey, y'all know that song, right? You'll like our movie if you like that song. Mm-hmm. And even when it's just in the trailer, it bugs me because of that. Because like you don't have a story. You don't have something to sell me that's not, hey, you like this song, you'll like this movie. 
if you can show me a trailer, like a, mov- a movie that like I enjoyed, didn't think it's the greatest thing, but the Cars 3 trailer that came out uh, where like Lightning McQueen seems dead and he's doing a voiceover <laughs> and it's super grim and dark. And I'm like, you just sold me on that movie. Like I had no interest in Cars 3 because I had seen Cars 2 and then the Cars 3 trailer comes out and I'm like, I am all in. Like I am going to see this movie. And I don't get that from a lot of these because the first trailer that comes out for Smurfs is just like them dancing to a song. And I think I th- I blame Madagascar uh, for the <laughs> for the I like to move it, move I it. I liked that movie. I think, oh, I did too. But fun. I think it's like it led down this like rocky path that like now every every movie is like, when is our dance number? Well, I mean, that's the same thing like Guardians of the Galaxy sort of. Yeah, broke that thing as well. It's like, oh, we're gonna have classic rock soundtracks now in every trailer. Yeah, and you're like, oh, okay, but that was what made that special, right? Well, I don't mind it. See, I think the, it was. Yeah. I think it's thematically uh, makes sense in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh no, it did. Yeah, I think it's it's more so in the trailers now, where you can pretty much predict that most a lot of movies come out now. They have a slowed down cover. Of a, a song everyone <laughs> a knows, girl singing. Yeah, um, yeah. Was, there was one that I thought was really effective, but like I was thinking of um, Star Trek uh, Beyond. The Beastie Boys. Yeah, yeah. Now the weird thing is, is that song actually plays in to that movie? Is actually in the movie and actually has a it it it's very well done. Yes, but, but in the movie it works much better than it does in the trailer because in the trailer it looks like they were trying to rip off Guardians. It's exactly huh. that's a hundred percent. But and for me, that it takes away. To me, it looks like you didn't have an idea for that part of the movie. And you were just like, I don't know, they dance now? And it's like this movie like literally tries to make a dance craze happen at the end. They have the emoji pop oh, that they God, reference yeah. several times. That it's just like the motions he was doing when he was trying to be a interesting emoji becomes a dance that everyone does to end the movie on. And that's not a thing. <laughs> like it. I think we're giving Sarah migraine. I mean, I think the movie probably helped do that, too. But it is that thing of just, like, you don't know how to end your movie. It's like a bad SNL sketch where you don't have an ending, so you just, like, think of something wacky to go out on. And it's like, all right, we don't have an ending. Uh, Make up a dance and write a new song and put it together. There's the end of our movie. And it just screams lazy to me. Oh, yeah. There was a lot of laziness in this movie. Yeah. and. Can we talk about the Cars 3 trailer real quick? I want to get I want to get there. <laughs> sure. So, this will be in next week's bonus episode, Cars 3 the trailer. Yeah, yeah. I saw the first Cars. I didn't really like it. It was fine, whatever. It's my least favorite of all the Pixar's I've seen. Again, because you haven't seen Cars 2. I didn't see Cars 2 <laughs> because I didn't like Cars 1. Oh man, we've had this conversation a lot. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> specifically this week because we watched an animated yeah. movie. But then I saw the trailer for Cars 3 and the first thing that I thought was what kind of dark turn did they take in Cars 2 to get us to this? And apparently nothing. It's a dumb spy movie. <laughs> but that trailer was so effective that it made me like, what? I need to watch Cars 2, I guess. Right? Because how did we get here? And then it turns out, no, that's no, no, nothing. No, that's, that's not worth yeah. it. But, but whatever. Uh, but, yeah, I agree. Like, it's that thing of, and again, that's a very personal taste thing of like these types of movies is why I knew like, I probably enjoyed this as much as I would enjoy Smurfs or Trolls or Despicable Me 8. Like, that's, to me, those are all very similar films 
they rarely have the heart that I think Pixar movies have for the most part. Um, and I just like, that's the animated movies I enjoy watching. I don't really enjoy this genre, I guess it would be. Subgenre? I don't even know what it would say it is. I think it's just Disney snobbery. And <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you at not as someone who's even seen a lot of Disney and Pixar, but like other, like this kind of animated movie of like very simple tropey stories, uh, like very simple characters, not a lot of development. Cause I really like Leica's film. They're the stop motion company yes. that does like they did Coraline and the box trolls and Kubo and the two strings. Like, I feel like their films hit on something too, where they still go on heroes journeys or still have fairly, kid-like plots but they just feel much more original there's a i feel like there's a ton of heart in yeah. like the movies yeah to me it feels like the difference is between like this one studio wants to make money and one studio wants to make movies you know yeah. mm-hmm. i would yeah. absolutely agree I, I with think that that is the most accurate thing that has ever been said <laughs> <laughs> and to be fair they're making a ton of money yeah i like i was well we were wait who sony yeah oh yeah i have the list up here of like all their movies and not a single one of them has even come close to losing money they've all at least doubled their budgets like i mean usually animated films are pretty safe bet yeah but like smurfs made up 564 million dollars good god (laughs) (laughs) like they're doing okay and they only like Emoji Movie only cost fifty million to make, and they made two hundred seventeen million dollars from it. That's so wild to me. They made four times like the budget back on the Emoji Movie. So the, if Emoji Movie three ends up happening down the road, I wouldn't be surprised. They know they can make money with these things, mm-hmm. and it has to be just people. It, see, this is my problem because I can't like I wasn't brought to these movies as a kid, and it's so far removed from my own experience that I can't picture the volume of people that just like this is a kids movie i want to occupy my kids for a couple hours i'm going to drag them to it like stick them in front of the screen have them watch it because it's like generic kids movie right and that has to happen to get these kind of numbers but it is not what i experienced as a child so it's like i can't what did you experience as a child like what kind of movies did your parents take you to uh i feel like i don't know i watched a lot of movies at home yeah uh me too yeah, mm, I feel like I watched mostly live action stuff. My dad watched, like, we watched some animated things. Um, I feel like I watched whatever my dad was interested in. So growing up, I remember watching Studio Ghibli movies. I remember watching some Disney, so like Aladdin, Little Mermaid, uh, Lion King are the only three that I remember. Uh, I watched a lot of TV instead of movies, I think. So I remember watching. You fit right into this office, then, don't you? Yeah, <laughs> a lot of cartoons, a lot of like Nickelodeon, uh, Kids WB, Cartoon Network, things like that. Um, We're removed by a few years, but I had a very similar. Like that sounds a lot like my childhood and teenage years as well. Sarah, yeah. did you go to a lot of animated movies? De- definitely not in the theater. Hmm. But yeah, the you know Aladdin, Little Mermaid, Fantasia. I remember. I remember Fantasia was a weird one because, I don't know, this is off topic, but I remember, like, being really afraid of the ending of Fantasia and then, like, forcing myself to watch it and then my dad <laughs> coming down and being like, Sarah, and, like, explaining what an obsession was and that I should be, I should watch the whole thing and not just, like, the demon part. I need to watch, like, the, the church people, too. You need to watch um, the ballerina hippos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
the yeah. Matt, did did, did <laughs> yeah. you guys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the first movie I was ever taken to see in a theater. I'm too young to remember, but it was Little Mermaid. My sister took me to see that. Um, but yeah, no, I watched everything. I mm. watched like the. I had very strong opinions on that like Disney Pixar bracket that was going around just because like I have seen all of them and have very strong emotional attachment to everything. <laughs> so, I can't have this one beat this one, but I can't have this one beat this one. Oh, uh, that's absolutely yeah. it. I'm like Toy Story 3 or Coco, how can you make that the first round? <laughs> like, um, and yeah, it's just, uh, for me, I, the, I, I do have a deep love of Disney and Pixar movies uh, pretty much all of them from like Snow White on like I have a freaking Winnie the Pooh tattoo like this is not awesome Winnie the Pooh tattoo thank you mm-hmm. um, this is not like a new thing with me yeah. Um, so yeah I think that's why too like the ones the animated movies that don't land with me like land with more of a thud than maybe with some people because they just like I've watched so many that I enjoy still that are like 1939 Snow White is like holds up for me. Sure. Lands more of a thud. You mean like um, some people hate it more than you? Or no, some... no. I think I hate you them hate more. It more. And like, in a, not in like a, I think you hate it in a different way than I hate it. I see it as like a lazy, like filmmaking money grab thing. And you kind of see it that way too. But it's like more of the I'm more commercial. outraged. <laughs> yes. You're more outraged by the commercial side of it. Yeah. Whereas like, yeah, I think mine I is more the story. I think both of those are very valid reasons. And I think they're the two things that, like, those are the pillars that this movie rests on, is the commercialism and the lazy storytelling. And that's Mm -hmm. the problem. And I was just sort of like, eh. Yeah. "Eh." Yeah, and that's how I feel, too. Because I've seen how wonderful animated movies can be and how good they can make me feel, and this was just not that. So it was like, well... It's another disappointment, so. Yeah, Yeah, I kind of just felt like I knew what I was getting into, and so I think maybe if I had gone to pay to see this in the theater and had any sort of expectations, I probably would have been even more upset and maybe been one of those critics who was like, don't go see this. But like at this point, I'm like, I feel like most people I would talk to about the Emoji movie would also know kind of what they're getting into if they're going to watch it. And I feel like for me personally, this isn't any worse than like how I would feel if I watched the Smurfs. I haven't watched a lot of those mm-hmm. generic kids movies. I say generic kids movies. I I'm lumping them all together, but like I haven't seen Madagascar, so I don't have an opinion of it, but this occupies the same space in my brain as it where it's like if I watched this, I probably wouldn't have I would be surprised if I had an emotional takeaway. So my expectations are so low already and then if it raises them or if it has a special moment then I will be surprised, but I, I uh, th- th- this is a weird thing because I know this is a very popular film, but I enjoyed the Emoji Movie more than I enjoyed Shrek. Like Shrek, I walked away from feeling upset hmm. for a number of reasons. Now this was a long time ago. Yeah, it came out like 2000, 2001. So yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a long time ago, but I remember walking away from it going, why does everyone like this? <laughs> I mean, now most people like it ironically. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Because there's a lot about it that I, at the time. Most of the internet is all about Shrek, ironically. Okay. I mean, that's fine. But. I don't know. I liked I liked that Shrek, you know, I liked 
I, th- I thought having the princess actually be the ogre, and I thought Spoiler. that was kind of. <laughs> uh, I thought that was kind of cool because it it felt somewhat um, like a message that was true and probably needed. I think Shrek has more heart mm-hmm. than the Emoji Movie. I don't disagree with that. I guess at the time, I'd have to go back and watch it. I know at the time I was angry because I felt like what we were saying is. Only people who look the same can be together. Oh, and that that upset me when I when I watched it, and I don't know if that's still. I, gotcha. I remember getting to the end and kind of being like, "Well, why does she have to be a troll? A princess can't fall in love with an ogre, only yeah, an or ogre vice princess. versa." And it wasn't even about a gender thing; it was about it was about right. this issue of like, why can't they just? Be in love. I haven't thought critically about Shrek. I that's just not, like, yeah, that's, that's that's a really interesting take. That is interesting. I wonder how, like, I wonder if I watched it now with that in mind, if I'd be like, Nick's right. Yeah. I'm I not gonna, because I don't have that, like, I don't want to watch Shrek again, really, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and, and then the first part of it, I was just like, I wasn't grossed out in a fun way. I was just grossed out. Like, the mm-hmm. whole thing with the earwax candle and stuff like that, I was just like. That's that kid here. I am. That's a kid here. <laughs> but I, I, but I didn't even like that when I was a kid. Like, I yeah. didn't like fart humor. I didn't like gross out humor. For like, some reason, I cannot imagine you as a kid. <laughs> I never was. He was a, a kid. boss baby. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just oh Nick, but small. Yeah, <laughs> Nick, but small. Had my papers all lined out in front of me. Oh, uh, Nick, yes. but small. I like that S-M- phrase for some reason. S M O L. Small. Nick, but small. Um, we need to move on uh, to how we would fix this. I'm fascinated to hear what you have to say. <laughs> um, and I would like to start with Sari. Um, okay. Like, how would you, because you usually do the fanfic, and I don't know if there's a thing to do that with here. <laughs> um, and so, because, yeah, tell me, how could you fix this? Could I, it be fixed? This is my usually my fanfic segment. I'm letting the fans down. <laughs> um just going to rename the segment. Sari's fanfic. Yeah, but you can't now because I can't think of anything. She has failed us. I failed everyone. Oh. I just... Wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> I think because even with something like Catwoman, there's a property there and there's a character there that has something unique about them that sure. I can latch on to and my brain can develop a story around it. Honestly, I just think, I don't know. I don't know what you do with emoji. Burn it it down? Burn it down. Like, I I honestly think that this movie doesn't need to be made. And I guess the only thing I could think of is if you created a story where the emoji needed to travel in between people's phones to get to an end goal and have the journey involve communication. Oh, interesting. So and like, so like, I bet she's like, I'm going to fail you guys. Oh, wait, good yeah, idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. like the, the phone was constraining me. Now I'm free. Just like the princess hacker. I have to get out of the phone. Yeah, get into the cloud. Because <laughs> that was the most interesting part. Okay. Yeah. Back up. <laughs> I have 10 great ideas. I have ideas now. Um, yeah. I think if, that is maybe a compelling thing. I have no idea what the plot would be, but if the end goal, instead of making it contrived and you have to go through Instagram and get to Dropbox, like as soon as you're sent in a text message, instead of taking a picture of your face, that emoji is now in someone else's <laughs> phone. 
or like sent over Facebook Messenger or sent over Snapchat or something, and they have to like make it to a person to do a thing and like stop a crime boss in the real world. <laughs> I feel like you could have an interesting Cyrano de Bergerac story. Explain. What was that word? Uh, so Cyrano de Bergerac is uh, it's uh, Roxanne story the guy has the big nose and he's he's very eloquent and and really great with words and he's in love with Roxanne but the the person that is also in love with Roxanne is like beautiful and good so Cyrano helps the good-looking guy try to get with Roxanne so you have a Cyrano de Bergerac story where the emojis are having the same thing of trying to get these two people together maybe <laughs> mm-hmm. And they have to go onto each other's phones and talk to those emojis, and then we have to talk to these emojis, and I don't know. That's not yeah, that, like yeah, that works. Of like, if Alex's emojis were talking to Addie's emojis, and it was like, how can we get these two lovebirds to come together? Mm-hmm. I think that you know, and then there can be other obviously obstacles yeah. in their way. Have the source of conflict, and like have the emojis make choices. Have the have them have a goal that makes sense instead of this nebulous like we've got to be free but not really. Well, the other problem is like I'm going to go ahead and jump into mine here because mm-hmm. I, th- this kind of jump d- d- tag teams here. Yeah. Um, I really liked the idea of being trapped in a basically a personality. So like I liked my uh, my Rudolph. Yeah, Maya Rudolph yes. um, plays the smile. Um, the original emoji. The original emoji. The boss emoji. of the emoji company. Like, well, I, I like the idea work. that she can't. It's almost like a Joker character. Like, she can't break the smile. Yeah. And I like that. And I like that they're all like this idea of them being forced into that. And I think you could have focused more on that. I wrote a screenplay once for a short film, which is actually my big thing. I think this could work as a really good short film. Like, this could do really well as a thing before an animated movie. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's a simple thing that they have to do, and, and so X Y Z, which is something that like they often do in like yeah. short films, especially before Pixar films, where they tap into like one thing and they like explore that for all it's worth in eight minutes. Well, and then if something comes of that, yeah, then you can make something bigger out yeah. of it. Um, I'm with you. I don't think there's a there's I don't think there's a, a heart even here for a, there's not even really a kernel of a. St- story here to them not what you mm-hmm. not what you were coming up with but like yeah. so make a short spend a million dollars make a short that you can then send places and put before a different sony animated film and see if people like it see if there's something there and i think that might be a better way for you then to have more writers thinking about it for a longer period of time mm-hmm. um but I love the idea of having, you know, you're trapped in a personality. So I wrote this screenplay and I still would like to make it sometime about a detective in the future. And we have all gotten to the point where we can upload and download personalities. So in order to be the detective, you have to have this this specific personality. And in order to be, um, you know, a person at the club, you have to have this, you dial in your personality so everybody can be exactly what they want to be. But then it's a noir tale and this detective gets trapped in the wrong personality and has to solve the crime with the wrong personality. And so I like the idea of like these emojis, the wrong emoji has to solve the problem. Like that is interesting to me, but he gene in this is clearly the only one who can solve it because he has all the personalities. He has all of the emotions. He has all of everything. And he doesn't even like react poorly to things. 
like in any like in any instance, he's always like right on top of it. He doesn't really make mistakes unless it's an informational mistake. He didn't know something. And so that kind of bugs me. Like, I find that uninteresting. So I don't think you need to burn it down. Nece- or No, I do think you need to burn <laughs> this movie down. But I think start smaller. Just start with a short and see if there's something cute there. I don't know. That's for me. Sarah, how would you fix the- mm. Could it Can it be fixed? Yeah, I think along with that, like, um, uh, switching genres i think you could make this film a horror movie really tap into that gen z fear of of invasion of privacy and your phone is sentient and it's not necessarily on your side to be like the new they live oh my I goodness seen it, but. Oh, i think you'd like they live. rowdy rowdy piper back in the 80s it's this movie it's a john about, carpenter like, movie ooh. it's like he gets these i don't remember the very uh, i'm gonna miss some plot details here but do you want me to go because I, I yeah you know it more than i do okay so they live is about rowdy rowdy piper is kind of this drifter oh right no i have seen it with the the, the, the skeletons glasses? yeah he has the glasses which lets him see the real world of like <laughs> yeah capitalism and the evil men who control the world kind of mm-hmm. thing and it's yeah, I think you could do a yeah. phone version of that. Because I, I thought that I, I was very unsettled by I'm like, oh, you're, you're just like watching me from my phone as I do stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Didn't like that. Yeah. So make it, make it a horror movie. <laughs> um, and really, t- like, I don't know. That's that's in the zeitgeist, right? We just mm-hmm. established it's in the zeitgeist with all that. The Gen Z fear of. There's like a lot that. in the zeitgeist right now about personal information and privacy and mm-hmm. and and uh, something that I feel like was really ahead of its time was Minority Report and how all of everything is tailor made for you as you're walking mm-hmm. through the stores. The ads yeah. are tailor made for you and they even they scan your eyes and then they tell you, you know, well, hello, Mr. Chin, you know, yeah. and things like that. And I feel like that's more of the zeitgeist now. And it's actually a really bad thing in Minority Report. It was kind of a joke. Kind of. I mean, it did play into the idea of all seeing, but at the same time, like now you could do that and it would be really fucking scary, mm-hmm. I think. I'm already terrified of all these things. We did a SciShow episode on smart devices and how mm. all the ways that they can be hacked. Well, also just the way it's... that everything is always listening. Yep. Yep. That like your I... smart devices are always listening to you. So that way, like when you have a conversation about something, the fact that it's in your Instagram ads five minutes later is not surprising. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Have the emojis first be like afraid of being deleted and then have them realize that they have the power. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. I like this idea. Yeah. yeah I like this. Lo- I'm 100% all yeah. in. Wait a minute. I... We're controlling him. Let's send him a notification at midnight. <laughs> who yeah. made who, awake. Matt? Who made who? <laughs> we can keep him awake all night by sending him notifications. Or they can mess with his crush and like send <gasps> the messages that she wouldn't like or something like that. Oh, and then they start blackmailing him. Yeah. Oh. With all of the information they have on his him. His deleted they emails. Yeah. His, you thought they were trashed, but we yeah. have the backup. We have your amazing deleted email where you just sent a girl Rihanna lyrics to try and woo her. <laughs> Which was, I think, my favorite part of the entire movie <laughs> is when they start reading out this email he deleted that he was going to send to his crush, and they they read the first line. I'm like, wait a minute, and then <laughs> they keep going. I'm like, this is just diamonds, Brianna. <laughs> like, I know this one. That's hilarious because that's exactly what a middle aged, like not middle aged, middle school uh, no, kid. I, would I still, do. I still do that. Oh, that's Nick, what I would do. we need to talk. <laughs> That's not how you do OK Cupid. You don't send <laughs> Rihanna lyrics. I mean, I would send Journey lyrics. Oh, but well, not necessarily better. Yeah, I don't know. You do you. I'll do me. Yeah, don't it's stop fine. believing. Um, 
someday love will find me. Um, what's Matt, happening? How would you, <laughs> what are you gonna do? Are you gonna fix it? Uh, yeah, I think the only ideas I have, really, to make this movie better, kind of as it is, and just kind of like tweak some small things, I guess, that would make it not necessarily a good movie, but a better movie, would be to make me care about the kid more. Uh, and I think a way to do that is check in with him more often, see what he's up to, rather than just like the three times that we get to see what he's up to. And I think. You don't need to be outright with it and say this is what you're doing, but connect the fact that Gene is his name, right? Yes. yes. The emoji? I keep not remembering that. The way you can remember it is his dad has the Gene for I the... will not remember that. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> his dad's name is like Mel or something like that, and yeah. then his mom's name is like Mary, and I was like, they're both like meh names, yeah. and then his is not. Come on. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I think Gene's whole thing is that he has all these emotions inside of him, and he like can't control them, and it kind of gets to this at the very end where Alex woos Addie by sending her this emoticon emoji that has every emotion inside of it at once, and she kind of finds that charming and interesting. <laughs> In a weird way that doesn't really make sense, but that's what wins her over. And then she's like, "You want to go to the dance?" That made no, no sense. No, 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 it didn't make any sense. But I no, think, and he keeps the phone. He's like, "Okay, yeah. I, don't, I don't need it. My phone's sitting weird." My phone glitched out. I de- never mind. Don't delete it. I'll just unplug it <laughs> mid deletion, yeah. and nothing will be wrong. Um, but I think, again, they don't know how no, things work. But I think if you lean into that idea of like a kid going through puberty experiencing all emotions at once and not knowing how to handle them properly, if you can connect that more than just like a ham-fisted way at the very, very end, that could be more interesting and make me care about what this kid's going through and have... I see why the phone is separate from him in a way, but what that does is it makes... the Because the emojis don't care about this kid and what's happening to him, I also don't care. And I don't care, like, about the kid... And I also feel like the emojis are bad because they don't care about the kid who controls their entire lives. <gasps> what if? I'm ready for this. Like, okay, this is really borrowing from Toy Story. Okay. Okay. I'm trying really hard not to mention well, another movie because it might be my real good. Well, I know. Yeah, so, yeah. I think I know what you're talking yeah. about. So I won't do it. Yeah. But no, like, I have. I have multiple. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah. But uh, what if, like, there was that connection between the emojis on the phone? And their phone's owner. And then the owner loses the phone. Yes. And they have to try and text the right people or, or find a way something. back. Or like, yeah, like they have to, I think, especially. The battery's running down. I think like Toy Story is a good comparison too because Andy doesn't know what his toys are going through. Right. In Toy Story. He doesn't know what they're doing for him. He doesn't know when they get lost, all this stuff because they find their way back. If this kid, like, if the emojis were trying to make his life better and like help him out along the way, I think that makes for a stronger story. I think just having the the kid and the emojis be attached in yeah, any way, I, I think that is a, if improves this movie. If you're not gonna make it a horror movie, which I still think <laughs> yes. is the A plus answer yeah. to this, because I'll damn. take that B minus, whatever. <laughs> you know, no eight percent. Oh no, we either like it or don't. <laughs> That's There's not no passing. middle ground. Um, um, yeah, but yeah, I think. I just needed some sort of emotional connection to it, and I didn't have any to anyone in the movie. I think it is a little bit um, the idea of, like, 
a child being emotionally connected to their phone is a little bit off-putting to me. I mean, I'm not going to call you out, but you are holding your phone right now. I think I it's a realistic thing it's that like, realistic we are all emotionally thing, attached to our phones. I don't know if it's a thing that is, like, good. I'm not saying – my thing was I'm not saying that the, the kid is emotionally attached to the phone. I'm saying the phone is emotionally attached to the kid. The, oh, the emojis. Okay. Yeah, like the Toy Story route where, like, yeah. Andy does like his toys, but, like – not for the reason that the toys like him. They feel an emotional attachment. He's like, I got great toys. And I think this kid could have like a sweet phone that he enjoys having as a phone, but he doesn't like love the emojis. Right. And then but the what, emojis you know. love him. Yeah. And then uh. they, he drops the phone overboard when they're out on a boat one day, you know, and then they have. And maybe he dropped the phone once. It cracked the screen a little. And that's how High Five got his band-aid. <gasps> I think we've done it. (laughs) (laughs) Time to move on to rating this sucker. Uh, I rate all of these films based on categories like storms. So category one, eh, it's fine. A little rainy, maybe fun. Category five could really mess you up. And I'm going to give the emoji movie a two. It's, it's not good, but it didn't, I just didn't really care. And I do see the shortcomings of it, especially after we've talked about it. And I, definitely see Sarah's point to where I don't think this movie is as harmless as I thought it was when I initially finished it. Um, I still, I would, if it was on, I I, I wouldn't necessarily turn the channel, Mm -hmm. I guess, especially if I was like at a relative's house or something and it was on like, you know, it's fine. It's whatever. Um, yeah, so it's category two. Matt? My scale is the Possessed Mushroom Puppet scale. It's a one out of five enjoyment scale. And this one gets a, a one out of five Whoa. Possessed Mushroom Puppets. Because often, even when I strongly dislike a movie, it'll get a two because I found something in it that I can like hold on to. And for this, even though we talked about like I like the Rihanna um, like email joke, that is... It's it's like two seconds in the movie. Out of two it hours. Not, it does not make me like the movie more because of it. It just sure. was a funny moment. So, yeah, there's nothing that I take away from this movie at the end of the day and go like, oh, well, at least I had that. Like, throughout the whole time, I was just kind of staring blankly at my TV waiting for it to be over. So, solid one out of five possessed mushroom puppets. Fair enough. Sarah? Uh, my rating scale is... Uh... Creepy Hands, mm-hmm. uh, which is my sort of craft scale, and Hearts, which is how much I feel good feelings. Uh, and it, unsurprisingly, gets zero hearts. <laughs> oh. Soulless, soulless movie. Vacuous. Uh, three Creepy Hands, because you're right. Uh, there's nothing out of focus. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe if stuff was out of focus, that'd be more interesting because it would be like, that's a choice well, that's, I think for that, an animated movie. That is a point that we didn't get around to talking about the production thing. And I don't want to like harp on this too long. But like you said, it doesn't look as pretty as Pixar movies earlier. And I think that is a big takeaway is like this movie is the most default looking movie. Mm-hmm. Like there are no real artistic shot choices. There's nothing interesting done visually in any real way. It's all just like the characters are in front of the camera. That's enough. Yeah. Yep. It's very straightforward. It's like better than those direct to video Tinkerbell movies that came out. <laughs> but I assume only I mean, I just I saw the trailers. Yeah. And actually I had friends who had kids and they so they watched a lot of Disney movies and those trailers were at the beginning of the Disney movies that they always had. in the. We were playing Magic the Gathering and the kids were watching TV. 
and you'd look up and I'd go, wow, that looks like shit. So it looks better. <laughs> it looks better than that. But better than shit. Nothing yeah. took me out of it. I was like, I was, I've never I never had a thought that's a, that's a good choice or that's a bad choice. <laughs> All right, Terry. Uh How would you rate this? <laughs> For those that don't know, on this one. <laughs> we, uh, okay. that, that was so, not inherently funny thing. <laughs> um, we had a little technical issue. Still not sure exactly what happened. We stopped recording and we missed all of Sari's brilliant things, so we have to do it again. I'm sorry. Um, so, Sari, how do you rate this? How did you rate this? So, my scale is if I could gather up every copy of the movie and throw it into a tr- type of trash can. There's like good trash cans, like recycling senders, where, or like Goodwill, where people can go find it again, or The Sun, which is incinerating every copy. Um, and I would put this into like bunch of cardboard boxes going to a junkyard that someone might find someday if they're digging through the trash and like pick up the copy of the emoji movie look at it and be like hmm this was a product of its time like this is at some point someone thought this was a good idea but now it's outdated and yeah it's like this weird cultural artifact from (laughs) the 2010s uh, because, I like cultural artifacts, though. I'm fascinated by them. Yeah, and I think future me will be fascinated that the Emoji Movie existed. Because uh, uh, yeah, I, I, there are a couple of those. I'm fascinated by the movie, like uh, The Wizard. I think it's called. Those the, are two. No, I know. There's The Wiz. I was gonna say, are you saying The Wiz? Or are you saying no, no, The no, Wizard? The Wizard with yeah. uh, Frank, uh, Fred Savage. Fred Savage. Frank Savage. Yeah. <laughs> His older brother. Yeah. Fred. <laughs> No, it's a uh, yeah, it's Fred Savage, but it's about Nintendo and like the Power Glove, and it's a very yeah, very specific time in history that that yeah. movie takes place. The Power Glove, a technology that never really worked, yeah. and but but it, it is it's a fascinating thing that that exists. Yeah, and it will be even more interesting because this is not how emoji were used, and so if you're like watching this thirty years in the future, it's like, man, is this what kids used to do? They texted each other like this, and like that was weird. I never even like really thought about that while we were watching. It's like uh-huh. these kids don't even send words. Yeah, they send one emoji and expect that to just convey. Yeah, I have no oh, idea. Also, <laughs> the eggplant emoji. Oh yeah, yeah, it wasn't used, but it's like good. Used, yeah. it's used all over the place. No, I'm saying like in the movie, it wasn't in his favorites, which is a good detail. Yes. Oh, oh, it's right because I was just thinking like that's interesting because I was thinking just worldwide underused. Oh, Nick, but no, you're right. It is used. No, I know. Okay, which is why I was. <laughs> it's why I was. <laughs> Nick's a very old. <laughs> Well, what's a penis, you guys? Yeah. So if you if you looked at an eggplant in the right <laughs> angle, sorry, sorry, little phallic. Yeah. Uh. My 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 concern was like I forgot that it was like the kids' favorites, and the kid. So like those were just the the emojis that the kid was not using. I thought they were making a statement of like these are the sort of the emojis that nobody's using, and I was like, hang on, they use the eggplant all over the place. Well, I think. To a certain extent, they were making that because there was like, uh, like the graph emoji and like uh, luggage emoji, and it was kind of these things of like, oh yeah, no one uses those. But yeah, I was also confused about what they were saying about the eggplant emoji. About like, are you trying to make a thing about like the kid doesn't use that or that yeah, nobody they uses just that? Not had it. Yeah, in I just agree. Don't, <laughs> don't put that in. Don't ever include the eggplant emoji in a kid's movie. Yeah, yep. it was weird because there was the eggplant emoji that I was like, oh. 
<laughs> and then, and then, like a few shots later, there was like a lotion emoji. Yes, I was afraid of another. <laughs> what? 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 I did, I did not, not notice see this. The they they go to James Corden High Five, uh, his like house apartment wherever emojis live. They go there, and it's just a giant thing of hand lotion because he's a hand. Um, and I was like, oh, yeah. I was waiting. I was like cringing, like waiting for a joke, and they didn't make one really. Mm-hmm. Like they kind of that just, would like, be. Yeah, no, it would be bad. Too, too much. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, they did not make that joke, but I'm sure it was in the writer's room. <laughs> yeah, someone was thinking about it enough to include the eggplant emoji in yes. an area. That's why which... I feel like there's, there's probably a deleted scene. I mentioned this to one of you guys earlier when they go into like the piracy app and there's the porn illusion where they like go in and there's like a door in the corner where, like, don't go in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like somebody walks out traumatized like, do not go in there. And then, like, I'm sure at some point in this script, that was probably a thing or a version of that. But they just had to scale back and just be like, we'll leave in they one did. I mean, joke. You know, on a serious note, there are, if you go back and watch a Looney Tunes, there's a lot of stuff in there for adults that kids aren't going to get. Yeah. So there could have been stuff like that more in here. And maybe on a second viewing, I'd pick up on more of it. That I, but, It just didn't, it felt like they did not commit either way. They yes, were like, it's I agree. in the movie, but we're not. We won't do anything with it. And yeah. why even have it? Yeah. Yep. Um, so now is the time when we want to suggest something to you that is maybe a little bit better than this. Hopefully, a lot better. Uh, in a segment we call "Real Good." Sari, we're going to start with you. Um, what, I don't know why I'm starting with you on most mm-hmm. things, That's but fine. whatever. Um, what's your real good for today? Um, I have. A couple options. I hope Matt will fill in the gaps that I, of the ones <laughs> that's that I don't pick. That's why I, I came with a list, and I'm like, what people don't say, I'll fill in. <laughs> yeah. I think for me, the most obvious parallel is Wreck-It Ralph, which is a movie that I enjoyed a lot. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. forgot about Wreck-It Ralph. No, it's a delightful. And Wreck-It Ralph Two is coming out, and it looks even closer to the Emoji Movie <laughs> than Wreck-It Ralph One was. Weird. Yeah, wow. um, it's all about going through apps and stuff. Even weirder, yep. yeah, instead of video game arcade. But yeah, the premise is that Wreck-It Ralph is this video game character who used to have an arcade game that was used. He was like the popular game, and then he's since like fallen out of use and is in a support group of other like video game villains who uh, he just like wants to be good, but he is the bad guy in this arcade game. And it's like a very heartwarming story in which he like jumps between video games and like it has a lot of reference uh to characters that people would know but it didn't feel like a couple of references were a little bit heavy-handed but I enjoyed them for the most part it was like yeah it's Qbert he's really cute and like a, a funky little sidekick it's the trick of like making it feel whether or not it is making mm-hmm. it feel like we're doing this because it's fun yeah. And right. because it's cute and because you remember this thing. Like the games he goes into throughout that movie are not like Call of Duty, Mario Kart. Like they're not selling individual games in that movie. Like he goes into like games that are similar to Call of Duty and like the genres he goes Right, through. there's one that's like similar to Halo, I think, and that's yeah. where mm-hmm. Jane Lynch's character yes. is. And they go through genres of video game, but it's not like Oh, look, we're in Just Dance. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And it's also a story about self-acceptance. Like, he he has the whole monologue about, like, it's not bad to be bad or whatever. I don't remember it, so clearly my memory for quotes is horrible. But it's basically, like, he's okay being 
the villain in this game because everyone still loves him and that doesn't change who he's inside. And I think that's a good message. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So that is my real good. If you want a good heartwarming animated movie that doesn't feel over like saturated <laughs> to the point of grossness with brands. Cool. Sarah, what's your real good? My real good is uh, Moana because yeah. I, when I saw that movie, I was really refreshed that um, they had decided to do instead because I because I feel like the individualism um, storyline is really tired and especially in mo- this movie is really tired so I was really happy to see a movie that was like hey um, like this is a person that is trying to bring stuff back for her community and mm. you know like stay home you know like I just thought that was really refreshing and cool and uh, it's also beautiful yes. oh yeah definitely um and then the other thing that I kind of wanted to mention to see if any of you watch this. Did anyone see Reboot? Yeah. I haven't seen the reboot of Reboot. No, oh, no I haven't one seen should. the reboot either. Um, reboot. But that was a movie of about people in a computer yeah. going to yeah, I used to watch traveling that all stuff. the time. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> it was like good. it was like a TV show that was like on at like 930 in the morning or like even earlier. Maybe so like you watch it before school kind of thing. And yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there is a reboot of it that's coming out on Netflix that's yep. like live action and weird. Oh, weird. Yeah, it doesn't look very good. Okay. Sorry, anyone who's excited about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but my real good, I am going to pick a film that is also a giant advertisement for stuff. <laughs> but it's weird because I think everybody knew it was a big advertisement and it, they did it in such a sort of punch to the face kind of way that nobody was expecting uh, that it scarred a lot of us in my age bracket. And that is the 1980s Transformers movie. Oh, (laughs) I did not think you were going there. I didn't know where it was going. Yeah. So uh, this had come after one or two seasons of the first Transformers series, which was just an advertisement for toys. Like that's what it was. But we all still as kids really like latched onto the characters, especially Optimus Prime. And it's one of the reasons I think a lot of us don't like the the Michael Bay movies is because they have taken some liberties with Optimus Prime that have turned him into a very bizarre character. Um, in the series and in this movie, he was very honorable and stand up and like, you, it was sort of this weird father figure that a lot of us had at the, at that age. And in the Transformers movies, there's a lot of Optimus Prime going crazy, going like, I'll kill you. And it's weird. It's very weird. Go back and watch those at some point. Just watch one of them and you'll see he's a weird character in those movies. But in this 19, I think it was 1986, um, they knew that they were going to have to come out with a new line of toys. And so they didn't, they were like, okay, well, we're retiring the old ones. So what do we do? Well, we're going to have, there's this war between the Autobots and the Decepticons. So we're just going to kill all of these characters and they did. And it was like this brutal battle where Optimus Prime is mortally wounded. Like Ironhide gets shot in the face by a cannon. I mean, like it is. And I remember as a kid when Optimus Prime died being very upset and he has this great monologue when he dies about, you know, don't grieve. And I was like, it's it's kind of incredible. The animation is also interesting. It feels very anime feels very American anime. Um, we, yeah, that movie, I think a lot of those 80s cartoons, too, are darker than you remember at yeah. a certain level. And that is one where, yeah, the death of Optimus Prime 
is not glossed over. No. <laughs> like, they live in that moment for like a half hour of this movie. I can still listen to the soundtrack soundtrack by Vince DiCola and tear up when the death music starts to play. Like, it's powerful. <laughs> and it's like, it shouldn't be. It's an advertisement for more toys. Like, that's what that movie is intended for. And yet it's got Orson Welles in it. It's... It, it's got Leonard Nimoy in it. It's like this in, incredible. So if you it haven't seen Wells it. It was Orson Welles' last movie, by the way. It was Orson Welles' last movie. And it, <laughs> what? It was, yes. He's the voice of a planet. Yeah, he's the voice of a of of Unicron, a giant transforming planet that eats other planets. Holy shit. I gotta watch this movie. Unless you borrow oh, it. Yeah, it's a fun ride. It is. Uh, Judd Nelson plays the lead car- voice. Is it like, Hot Rod? Yeah, it's Hot yeah. Rod. There's Which leans even more into like the father figure-ness yeah. of like, Optimus and Hot Rod's relationship. It's really... <laughs> like, I... I try to tell people, too, like, it's very 80s. The soundtrack is very 80s. And so when you hear it, you're going to go, whoa, okay, that's very 80s. Oh, it's, like, purposefully, like, I was talking earlier about how, like, pop songs inject yeah. into the movie. <laughs> this is, like, every two minutes. It's, like, <laughs> just like, like, whoa, all right, another one. Yeah. Um, but it is a strangely effective movie. And I recently, like, they recently did a Blu-ray re- restoration of it, and it looks great. It, so, I, yeah, I check that out because I think it's fascinating that it is an advertisement. That's what it was for. Everybody knew it because the, you know, new Transformers toys were coming. Yet the artistry in it was still good enough, at least in the storytelling, that I, I still find that bizarrely moving. So, yeah, that's my real good. The 1986 Transformers movie. Nice. Matt, you... Have a few, I think. But uh, well, one of mine was gonna be Wreck It Ralph. Mm-hmm. So Sari hit that one. And I think for me, the one I was alluding to a little bit earlier, and I think was essentially part of my fix was to just make this other movie instead <laughs> because it's better. Uh, is Pixar's Inside Out? Mm-hmm. Uh, because that movie deals with a lot of the things that I wish this one would have, or even kind of tried to in certain places. Like, it really does feel, to me, this movie feels like a mashup of Inside Out, Wreck-It Ralph, and the Lego movie had a bad baby. Um, (laughs) And so, (laughs) like, they came together one drunken night, and they're like, oh, no! (laughs) What do we do? Too Um, many eggplant emojis! (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Made a bad baby. They made a bad baby. Uh, a bad oh boss baby. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Inside Out is one that... <laughs> I'm trying to get through this, You broke, Nick. It's fine. <laughs> so baby. Inside Out <laughs> is a movie where it's about the emotions that live inside a teenage girl's head. And I think it handles that so strongly like so so well and the way it deals with the kind of like puberty life changing depression sadness all of that kind of stuff in such a like such a strong purposeful good way and it really shows the thought that goes into that movie and they knew what they were doing they knew the effect they can they can have and they don't beat you over the head with it they let you kind of learn the lesson by like watching it and going like why did that happen oh it happened because of this and you kind of have to do the math yourself. Um, and that's, I think, it is one of those things where the emotions, it is that thing. It's like everything I was talking about earlier to fix uh, the emoji movie is basically inside out. Like, just go make inside out. Yeah, yeah. Like, connect the emotions to the girl, make us care about the girl, 
because we watch what she's struggling with and what she's going through and how she does not know these emotions are in her head. She does not know what's happening to them with the choices she makes. But they are strongly affected by everything she does, and they want to help her as best they can. And at a certain point, the lesson of the movie is like, to help her, we have to get out of her way, which is a great lesson. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so go watch Inside Out. Or Wreck It Ralph. Which I, or I have. Movie. Or Lego Movie. Or Transformers, the movie. Yeah. 1986. <laughs> or Moana. Yeah, or Moana, yeah. And Reboot, if you just, can find that. <laughs> <laughs> just don't watch the Emoji Movie, because it's either, it, it's it's bordering on, it's nothing bordering on harmful. It's at best boring and at yeah. worst harmful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Eh? You don't want to watch that. <laughs> no, I, I think there's a lot more stuff that you could watch. Okay, well, that's going to wrap up this episode of Real Bad. I want to thank everybody for coming in and having this chat with me. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Matt, where can people find you? You can find me on the internet at Matthew Gatos. Sari. I'm Twitter at C.E. Riley. Excellent. Uh, you can find me at NG Jenkins if you want to see some corgi pics and uh <laughs> who doesn't who doesn't you know it makes your day better but if you want to follow real bad you can find us at real bad pod on twitter we are part of the cage club podcast network you can go to cageclub.me and check out some of our friends uh like winona forever which is one of my favorites which is going through the entire catalog of winona Ryder films <laughs> and i love it um next week i think as long as they've got this all freaking figured out is we're going to be doing Highlander 2, which I am very, very, very excited about. I've been waiting to do Highlander 2 and 3 and 4 and 5 for a long time, so I'm kind of excited. It's one of the reasons I made this podcast, because I feel like I need I need to purge all of my feelings about those films. And make your friends not like you as much. Yeah! <laughs> that's what life's all about, Matt. <laughs> Making podcasts to make your friends dislike Yeah! <laughs> I figured it out. Alright, so next week we'll be back with Highlander 2, and until then, this has been Real Bad. Real Bad.